guys, you are now listening to the Power Post Game Report, where we talk, we take a deep dive into the highlights of power. I'm one of your hosts, Triple D, and across from me, as always, is Carlos D. What's good? Not much, man. I'm just glad I finally nailed it on that third take. Um, <laughs> You're supposed to not man. tell people that, man. And the magic I mean, of you know, editing. We, nah, we, 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 you know, I think anyone listening to us long enough knows that, like, we, we keep it, we keep 100. Maybe we'll, we'll release that on the bloopers, <laughs> on the, uh, the bonus content and whatnot. No Patreon. We'll just give it to you for free. Uh, how are you doing, man? Hey, man. I'm well. I'm well. Excited. Uh, another, uh, for one, first, I got to start off with, an, uh, with, I made a mistake last week, and I never, really never make mistakes in life, and I never apologize for my mistakes, but on the last episode, I said that after his episode two, that there wasn't Trey Songs, that was back to Joe, I was mistaken, they didn't go back to Joe until this episode, that was still Trey Songs right. last week, even though I was talking about it wasn't Trey Songs anymore. All good, you you were confident, and you had me thinking that it was uh that it was Joe, and just like on a different remix, I just never went back and listened to it again. So no, it's all good. I was I was with you. A part of it was my TV tricked me because I uh, I watch almost all. I got a like I don't got a hearing problem, but I think I got a low key hearing problem. So I watch all TV shows with closed caption on. Okay. So when um okay. the show started last week, at the bottom of the screen, I even had it on the, on the IG page. It said Joe, and then it started with "This is a big rich town." So I was like, the the it's saying it's Joe again, and I have a, a hard time because even when you were telling me after the first episode that that was Trey songs, I have a hard time recognizing. I know it wasn't the same thing, but I have a hard time recognizing different voices. But this is de- this week it was definitely Joe. Fifty finally was a man of his word, and he put the thing back the way we like it. We oh no disrespect to Trey songs, but we don't want him on this song. Yeah, I felt bad for the dude because like he people were really coming at him like he was the one who made the decision and it wasn't him. You know, he just helped the dude out. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a, a nice. Uh, I can't even say a pleasant surprise because um, I got up this morning and just scrolled, just scrolled Instagram and Facebook, and people were, you know, super ecstatic and elated. You know, the the early access crowd and. I don't know, man. I know it, it doesn't really count as a spoiler, but it it it's it still bugs me a little bit. It's just like let people I don't know, it, it unless you don't have social media, it's almost impossible to experience things organic anymore. You know what I mean? Um outside of people revealing that the, the song had been changed back before some people had a chance to see it, because I I would it would have been nice for me to just click play. And uh, hear the song and just, you know, light up. But, you know, it is what it is. That's what I get for getting on social media before that. Um, I did see somebody post, not necessarily a spoiler, but something that's kind of like you, you, they couldn't hold it in. You know what I mean? Which, you know, my philosophy on, on spoilers is like, there's all, there's three reasons. Um, either lack of self-control desperate for attention or both but um once i finally sat down and watched the the episode i'm with you there was this was this was a heavy uh, a heavy hard-hitting episode for episode three mm-hmm. um how did you feel about the episode generally overall i mean just in general like 50 i guess this is his directorial directorial debut and he had been hyping it all week uh if you right. if you follow him on ig i like to follow him on ig because he's just so petty and I'm into petty stuff and trolling and all that type of stuff. That's my kind of thing. So he was hyping it all week that this was going to be a great episode. It was his directorial debut. And to me, 
uh, definitely the best. I mean, it's only the third episode, but this was definitely the best episode of this particular season and probably one of the best episodes of Power in quite a long time. It had all the elements, and we're going to get into a deeper dive, but all the elements that made the show a success to begin with. It had the violence. It had the sex. It had the um, intrigue. So this was definitely the, one of the strongest episodes of Power that we'd have had in a while. I agree. And um, if if it gets too many uh, accolades for this particular episode, um, you, <laughs> 50 is not going to let anyone live this down. Um, I also follow 50, and uh, he, like you, um, he was, he's was he been sharing a whole lot about this, a lot of the behind-the-scenes pictures and all that stuff, and he was uh, he was genuinely proud of, of this one and the work he put into it, and it showed. Uh, this was a really just a strong episode for the series. Um, so let's let's dive in with um, heat off the brakes. Um, we open up with uh, Dre getting ready for transport, and you know his daughter dealing with a situation that uh, she obviously had no no responsibility in. But it, it could have honestly been um, something as simple as you know her waking up from a nap, cranky or whatever. Um, and then we have my man Donovan walking in and pretty much being the best parent of the series uh schooling dre on how to on how to hold his own daughter and take care of a child um what did what did you think of that 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 pretty much opening interaction yeah i mean he basically lectured dre on fatherhood um and and, and it was like you know because dre wants to i guess dre wants his daughter so bad but i don't think he has the skills to be a parent i don't think he knows what it's what it takes to actually be a parent outside of you know, trying to keep her alive and like provide her for her financially. So it was an interesting dynamic how he couldn't get the baby to stop crying. And then within like in two seconds, I hold her. He's like, you're holding her wrong. Are you sure this is something you want to do? And Dre like, yeah, I want to take care of my kid. But at the same time, you see, he does have some type of apprehension about if he could properly do the parenting part of it. So I, I like that. I like that kind of dynamic of it. Yeah, and um, I just like that they gave Donovan this moment before what would transpire uh, pretty much immediately. And that's um, a hit squad, you know, pretty much running up in there and taking almost everyone down. Like for a split second there, um, the way they, they did the blood splatter and everything, I was shook because I, I thought the little girl mm-hmm. took that bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Donovan being the... You know, the veteran that he is just gets the situation in, under control. You know, he takes a shot and uh, pretty much lays down everybody that, that came through. The little toss the toss the phone as a distraction thing was a, was a smooth move. Um, how, how did you feel about that action sequence? Uh, I think, like I said, for, for that being a first-time director, I think it was beautifully shot. I think, you know, he, he, he got all different angles right. Uh, I thought the little girl did get hit when the blood spattered, but, you know, we later found out it was Donovan that was hit. Um, and I thought it was just a cool overall, just really, really good action scene, which was, has been like a horrible, a hallmark of this show. Uh, and what got people really hooked into it was kind of the violence of it. Cause it's not just like people getting shot. This was blood flying everywhere, uh, you know, pe- splattering all over the place. So it was a real cool scene. Um, poor Donovan, like you said, he's one of the yeah. few guys on the show who throughout it seems to be. Just kind of stand up guy, you know, here to do his job, yeah. here to take down the bad guys. There was no funny business with him being on the take or possibly being crooked or dirty. He was just um, a good guy. And then yeah. 
it mirrors what Dre's last words to him was like, you know, good guys usually finish last right before Dre, you know, executed him basically. Which was all kinds of messed up. Um, down goes Donovan. Um, I agree with you. Donovan, Donovan and Reyna were like the only two innocent people on the show. Um, I purposely left off Yasmin because we don't know what she's, what she does off screen. She could be, you know, she could be somebody's connect out in the street. She'd be <laughs> doing hits herself. Um, we don't know, but I, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. Donovan was like the only stand up, genuinely good person in the show next to Raina. And, um, to see, to see him get done dirty like that, uh, by Dre, it's just like, okay, they're establishing early that everyone needs to go right back to hating Dre. It's like you, you kind of feel for him for a split second because he's dealing with the issues of, um, his daughter being caught up in this, but when he does that it's like oh yeah uh yeah you you're the worst like you're dirty and uh yeah i forgot we were trying to kill you last so we need to we go back down to that um from there we cut into uh yeah what i didn't think this this particular season had room for um a straight up sex scene yeah. With uh, Councilman Tate. Um, everybody can get their I, love I, Jones flashbacks going. Everybody loves Lorenz Tate and his youthful appearance. And to see him right. getting busy, tearing it up. Yeah. And, and I definitely peeped that ring, like in the, the opening shot of that. I, I definitely peeped that ring. Oh, on the, uh, on the, on the shorty. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't. But I, that was. I don't think they ever gave us any background as far as Tate's personal life i don't know if he's like married if he has a wife so they never really got to right. that so that could have been easily his wife right and i think that's what made it so what made that that particular reveal so good until the, the reveal we get into later um but like yeah that was of all the 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 uh the sex scenes in power i feel like that was probably the rawest that one almost looked like okay we could we could find this one on a site somewhere like that one <laughs> That one went there. Um, so the funny thing about that was like, while while Fifty was pretty much promoting this particular episode throughout the week, like he he said something to that effect, like you know y'all love Lawrence Tate, like I can't wait for y'all to see him in the sex scene in this episode. And Fifty being Fifty, I didn't think he was telling the truth. It was just like you know Fifty just says stuff. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Trolling um, again. So when it exactly so when it actually happened, I was like, oh yeah, all right, well. Here we are. Um, what do yeah. you think about the? Um, go ahead. No, I was about to say I'm with you. I thought there weren't going to be scenes like possibly, even though that's always been a big staple of the show is you know the nudity and, and the, the strong sexual contact. I didn't think we was going to have that this year either because you know uh, Angela's dead, so I don't imagine right. Ghost getting over her and finding a new partner. Tasha don't have no prospects right now. I think Lala. We have already got over the shock of seeing Lala. You know, do a couple of different wins, so it's. Really nothing to have her and Tommy doing that again. So I was wondering honestly, where that was going to come from. And so this was a nice change yeah. up. Yeah. Honestly, when that scene started and like you just see the hand with the ring on it and you hear enough to, to piece together what's going on, I thought it was going to be Tommy and, and, um, and Keisha. Oh, okay. Um, so when the, when the camera zooms out and I was like, oh, all right, here we are. Um, what do you think about uh, – I got to give props where props is due – for uh, Tate to slip on his, his customer service voice um, in the middle of of the middle of the action and whatnot. 
I was like, dang, like impressive. Like yeah, you kept I'm, it together. I'm about to get into your personal life. Has that ever happened to you? Where nope. a, a phone phone? No, okay, that was an easy. Quick, no. <laughs> like I like the easiest way to answer it. Like never gotten a phone call. What about you? Uh, I I have never been the uh, person getting the call, but I have had uh, former partners get calls and answer them doing it, and it really was a um exciting for did both you of stop us. Stop or keep going? No, okay, kept so going. You, kept that means going. you kept going. Okay. Yes. And did, did you yeah. try? Did you try to uh, provoke a? Of course, response. of course. I mean, as a guy, you automatically try to do that because it's like it's an ego thing. Like, can you mess up her concentration? Can you get her to like let out some type of thing she shouldn't do it? So that was always a uh, the, the couple of the handful of times that happened. It was always a fun experience. Okay, I hear that. I respect it. Um, so from there, uh, Tate shows up to headquarters, uh, springing and stuff. I was like, okay, now now we know why he always seems to be so chipper and upbeat. Um, if this is how he's starting his mornings. Uh, I, I'd be, I'd be chipper and upbeat first thing in the morning myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we get the shock and reveal that not only did Tate whoop his campaign manager's ass, man. he also was banging his wife. That's just, oh man. Cause at first, even when she was talking, I didn't recognize her until he asked about, I think he said something to her and I was like, oh, that's the same, you know, cause with, with the first time we see her, you know, clearly she's not yeah. dressed yeah. for work. <laughs> So when you saw her again, I was like, oh, damn, that is her. And how dirty are you to be? You, you beat the crap up in one week, and then the next right. week, you just stole this one. Right. Like, this messed up on so many levels. And she's she's just as grimy, clearly. Um, so from there, we see that the DNC immediately sent, like, from that phone call that happened earlier that morning, the, the DNC sends over um, their, their Olivia Pope. Yeah. To, to take over, um, goodness, what was her name? Ramona uh, Garrity. Yeah, Ramona Garrity. 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 Um, so I' going to be an interesting addiction, addition to to his team, and just a, an interesting uh, person thrown into the mix. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and we gonna probably get to it later into the show, but she automatically comes in. And she's like, you know, hey, we came to ch- clean house and also check them on. You said we are going to commit to helping you get this governor's mansion. Uh, Governor's race one, and then the first thing she really asks out her mouth is basically, "Who's Jamie St. Patrick, and what's your connection to him?" Fair, yeah, and that was that was pretty much her getting right down to business. This, of course, came after she pretty much fired like eight people mm-hmm. uh, first thing in the morning. Cold which, uh, just called out names. Yeah, and thank you for your service. Like, right, <laughs> collect your things and be out. Um, definitely definitely a rough rough start for their day um so it's good like i said it's gonna be interesting to see what comes of that so from there we go to the trap house which that's just what i'm calling it um the trap warehouse right they (laughs) just always just seem to be hanging around just lingering um right and And yeah go for go ahead no no i was about to say what you was about to say here comes tommy and here comes his lovely partner in crime uh keisha and i will say lala's butt must have the the, the swelling must have went down or something because she looked a lot better in this episode than she looked in previous episodes but you okay. notice off the break she gets out the car and she's already complaining about the fact that she does not think she can handle this responsibility right that's the first thing that's what i took from that whole entire scene 
I took from it that her presence alone was already a problem because all three of them dudes um, recognized her, which I'm trying to, I was trying to scroll through my head of like, when did they ever, you know, become aware of her? You know, unless, you know, we're, we can, we're just assuming that Tommy told her, told them about her off, you know, off camera or whatever. But like my first thought was like, do they know her from the hood or, or what? But like, you know, we, we get we get classic spank talking about that as about to make an eclipse. <laughs> um, but like you can you can just see the concern on everybody else's face that like her being here is a problem already. Uh, but she she wants to be she wants to be Tasha. Um, she wants to be she's working on her ride or die badge. Yeah. And uh, I guess that was part of it. Uh, yeah. I think even I think even baby Kanan, uh I can't remember his name. Spank's right hand man. Basically, did uh-huh. make a make a thing that basically when whenever women get involved, you know, while Spanx is, was lust, you know, lusting after her, yeah, he was basically like, two whenever, bit. what is his name? Two bit, two bit, yeah, he basically was like, every time a woman get involved in something like this, it, nothing good comes out of it. So I think it's already yeah. going to be some type of animosity between Keisha being so heavily involved in it, especially if she start getting to the point where she start giving orders, like she speaks right. for Tommy down the line. Right, I could definitely see that easy. Um, so that was a, her first uh her first sort of introduction to the to the life and everything and he gives her the 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 rundown on just one of his sort of the pill pill schemes and all that and she she seemed down with it but again like you said we we weren't sure if she could actually handle it um after that we got Tommy and Tasha sneaking around no i think i think was i thought after that was when they showed wasn't really a pivotal scene, but they showed Sacks talk to Alicia Jimenez about the. Uh, he goes to tell her, "We know you were responsible right. for shooting at the trap house. I mean, at the uh, the safe house, and try right. to get her to basically let her know that this ain't stopping nothing." And she basically says, "Look, send me back to Mexico. I'm out of your head. You don't have to worry about me doing nothing, anything else. But if you don't send me back, it, there might be further, you know, trouble." Yeah, which I thought was just. Man, that's some. You you have to have the confidence of a cartel leader to just say, you know what? Just, we'll just call this a, a wash and just go ahead and send me back to Mexico. I promise. Quotation marks. I'll never cause any problems here. Just just go ahead and send me back to Mexico, and um, we'll call this one a tie. We'll call it a draw. Like, but I I don't know. Like as weird as it sounds, like sex. I kind of rolled with sex just a little bit during this episode. He was just like, nah, I'm not doing that. Um, as well as something that he does later on that we'll get to. I'm um, still confused as to, Sax has messed up just as much as anybody else, but he never seems to be the one that's on the short end of the stick when it comes to getting taken oh, off yeah. the case. He's still, later on the episode, at the trial, he's still at the main uh, prosecution's yeah. desk and everything. So it's like, this dude is really Teflon when it comes to any action happen to him, even though he's been in the middle of every mess up that the United States Attorney's Office has been a part of. Definitely. And this is this is attributed to two things. Um, one, I have to give credit to um, another particular podcast that um, I, I, I listen to, um, but I'm afraid I, I can't give them free promotion because uh, their numbers don't need it. Um, <laughs> but one, his first thing is that, uh, that white privilege, superpower. Because um, if you noticed... Tamika got fired, but he got to stay on the case. Um, two, the dude that took over, who honestly 
right now he's not making that big of an impression on me because I can't remember his name. Um, so we'll just call him um, dude from uh, Sex and the City because that's what everybody else calls him. Um, he needs someone. He needs a pretty much a fall guy to at least try to rein this in. Um, so that way, even if it doesn't go through, it still doesn't come back directly on him. So it's like, all right, Sax, like you're pretty much going to be my puppet to try and get this done. Um, mainly because you, I just got here and you know everything about it for the most part. Um, but let's be clear, to fall through, it's right for you, not me. So I think like that's because everybody else is gone. Um, Donovan was never really put in that position to be like an, an, in, an in-court presence. I mean, well, Donovan is just an FBI like agent, the, though. He, he just works at FBI. Right, he, and he's, he's not he's a lawyer. The, he's the... Right, he's the he's the feet on the ground guy. Angela's clearly dead. Um, I guess they couldn't work out a deal to get Mock on camera. Um, of course, Knox is long dead. Sandoval dead. They don't. And Tamika got fired. So it's like it kind of has to be him. So yeah, uh, that I think they they kind of have to keep Sacks around. Plus, he's the one. He's he represents uh, the the AUSA offices. Their 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 eyes for vendetta, like yeah. he represents their their means for revenge for for bringing just someone to justice. Yeah. Like you said, he the only one that's even left from season one that started yeah, when exactly. they was first trying to take down even the idea of Ghost. Right. So you got to have somebody who still has some time. type of personal attachment to the case because you get rid of Sax. Like I said, everybody else is is dead. Like literally everybody right. that's been a part of this case. It, except other than you said, other than John Mock, whoever he is, probably shooting another Fast and the Furious movie, is is they're all dead. Yep. So from there we go to Tommy and Tasha, um, sneaking around, doing their favorite their favorite pastime, right? Hanging in cars, smoking um, weed. Yeah, and I gotta be honest, this was one of those times where it was just like you kind of see that like they're both kind of out on a limb where hold on i gotta sneeze <coughs> bless you thanks uh we both kind of see where it's just like okay they both have issues that they're used to dealing with and having ghost in their corner for and they're both kind of like spinning their wheels together um tasha's coming to the realization of like oh crap i really have to do this on my own without ghost and tommy although he won't admit it is like this like i'm really in pretty deep with this whole drug thing not just the drug thing but mainly the the jason Mittage thing in general and i'm used to having ghost be the the voice of reason of just being like okay let's come up with a plan um so like you you kind of see them both like not really admitting it but like kind of showing that like without ghost they they're realizing that it's a bit harder than they initially thought right. what did you what did you think of that uh yeah i mean i, I think the whole scene boiled down to one thing, you know, them not having the support that they normally have and basically down to a financial situation where Tommy has too much money and mm -hmm. Tasha doesn't have enough money, but they can't figure out a way to fix each other's problems anymore because Tasha used to be the money launderer for the family. That was like her big thing for the family, but she ain't got no business to money to the, the launder the money through because ghosts won't give them access to truth anymore. Right. So, like I said, they both are realizing that life was a lot easier when Ghost handled 
a lot of the issues that we used to have. Yeah. Yeah. After that, we cut to Choke. Um, Tariq and his roommate, uh, what is it, Brayden, Brayden, something like that. I just call him White um, Boy. That's fine. Them chilling in the room, doing pretty much what we what we called last uh, episode. That like they're they're both dressed significant. Well, I mean, granted, we're used to kind of seeing them slightly in sometimes in uniforms and just like kind of dressed down. But like they're both noticeably doing their uh their uh their their little come up thing where there's like they they're dressing a little flashier, which um like which I I feel like it's a smart move that Tariq constantly says that like this the main the main people that attend the school are rich so we might as well look it um we called it with the watch the chain was way too on the nose did you see what the charm was on the chain i didn't even i didn't, I didn't even pay attention to it i, I noticed the watch because he was going out his way to talk about it in flossy but i didn't even know what was on the chain it was a plug oh really? <laughs> yeah it was a plug which i was like that's a little too on the nose um but we have effie who Obviously, like, who she's already showing, I think just grand scheme is the smartest of the three. Um, she pretty much comes in and assesses the situation. She's already telling them like, okay, let's. She already knows about the connect life and all that stuff, so she's like, all right, let's you know go go to your connect and whatnot. And she tells them like, tuck that chain in, pretty boy. Which part of it is definitely like right on the nose, like yeah, like. Tariq is not he's he's a, he's smart for where he is but we've already seen how he's been played out in the streets with those kids who sold him you know the bad drugs or the fake drugs or whatever um but like they've already played it up that like he's into her and she seems into him but at this point um I feel like she's ahead she's ahead of the game over top of both of them we we just haven't seen it in its, in its full extent yeah what about you I thought I thought off the break, she was like had her scheme mind on because she was like asking about that like, who's connect, can I, you know, trying to get herself to introduce to connect. And I don't know if that's to support Tariq more or maybe one day forget about Tariq. Let me get in tight with the connect and I'll be the new plug at Choke or wherever they go, Choke Academy. Right. So I, I so I, I, but I feel like she, you know, she is definitely the, the scheme of the group. I feel like she's always doing something. With a goal in mind, her wheels is always spinning in her head as to what is the next step or what is the right thing to do to put her in the best position. Because unlike them, like Tariq likes to explain all the time, the kids that go to the school are rich, including him. You know, he comes from a wealthy family too, even though they got their money through drugs. And but she, I think, is on a scholarship. You know, she ain't there because she come from some wealthy family. She came from a poor family, and she just happened to you know get the scholarship to try to better herself. So I think she she also thinking about like I got a lot more to lose than these two because even though even though the dude was like well my parents only made four hundred thousand dollars combined four hundred thousand dollars combined is you know that ain't you're not Bill Gates you're not you know big balling but that's a you know that's a a a, 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 a comfortable life that's a comfortable life yeah exactly um, which I think they're doing a good job of showing his disconnect from the both of them. Um, because even though in, you know, general appearances Tariq's family seems rich, like it's no secret to us, the viewer that like, they're going through it right now. So like, I thought it was a good, a good, a good way to show that like, 
the two of them are disconnected from him. Like, yeah, he's part of the team, quote unquote, but like he he's not going to understand everything that they're you know that they're dealing with. So, um, anything else on that scene? No, nah, I think I think that clears it up. We got it. All right. We now go to meeting time with Tommy um, and Jason, at least, or so we think initially, uh, where this dude Midditch is, he is the big bad. Um, he's not as crazy as Lobos, um, but he definitely has crazy demands like Lobos. He, he, he demands that Tommy and then in a great, greatly shot switch, uh, ghost as well, break Alicia Jimenez, Jimenez out of jail. Um, which is just like it, that's some Lobo stuff. Like if it had not been, you know, that's something Lobos would demand of them. Like, I need you guys to do this ridiculously crazy thing for me. Um, and I'm not going to tell you how I'm not going to help you. I just need you to do it. Um, and like I said, that the way that was shot was was just brilliant, um, and just again showing how much how how in control the, that he is. Uh, what did you? How did you feel about that scene? Yeah, like so I said, like the whole time I would I predicted that eventually Ghost and Tommy going to team back up again, and I thought that this was going to be a forced team up. I thought I thought the twist was going to be. He was going to be talking to Tommy about kidnapping Jimenez, and then he was going to say, and you got a duel with ghosts. So it was a nice twist yeah. when instead of that happening, you switch from him talking to Tommy to him giving the exact same speech to ghosts and give him the exact same assignment that you need to get kidnap Alicia Jimenez. And they both had basically the same response. How are we supposed to do this? She is in federal protection uh, in a high profile case. It ain't going to be easy just like, you know, this ain't uh, kidnapping some random corner boy or something like this. This is like doing something that's like a, a beyond impossible. Um, so I thought they was gonna, he was going to force them to work together. But I guess he thought it was in a better sense to pit them against each other because he figured one of them would, you know, find a way to work, make it work. And, you know, like he said, he was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised about who was successful in his task, which I will get to, I guess, later, in, you know, in this episode. Yeah. Um, honestly, when that when that went down, the the laying of the orders, I thought that he gave them two pieces of the same puzzle, like ghost, um, either go like one way or another, this person's uh, actions would assist with the other person's actions. And like that, that's what I thought was going to happen. But uh, we'll get to what actually happened later on. Um, from there, we got. We got, oh my gosh, TV mother of the year, Tasha, picking up Yaz, smelling like weed. <laughs> um, it, it was just like, that one was just like one of those, come on, Tasha. Like, I, I feel like Tasha is, as much as like they gave her that big, kind of like that big exit note on uh, last episode where he asked if he if she knew and, and he's just, and she goes, yep. Like, she, she took some L's this episode because... Uh, that was just bad. <laughs> like there was, there's no smoothness around it. Like you showed up to your mom's house to pick up your daughter, smelling like weed. Um, and then then we see her come up with the scheme of running a daycare, which is just like I, I understand you need to launder this money, but like do you have to involve the kids because if 
if the ATF or who, not the ATF, well, anyone, if the DEA and FBI kick in the door while those kids are there, that's a bad look, Tasha, and you put them in that, in that position. Yeah, I'm surprised more people probably, I mean, more people probably really do this in real street, because everybody got a big mama or some type of mama neighborhood lady that babysit about 1,500 random kids, um, and usually with no license and no type of thing, you, you just pay them in cash at the end of the week. Um, but th- yeah, this is Tasha's green big money scheme is to, hey, mama, let's make this into a, uh, you, t- you say you're doing it for four or five kids and my your granddaughter. Let's try to make this into a bigger thing so we can start a business and we can both be independent and not have to rely on other people's money. And then I think her mom's response was like, no, you should have worked in your relationship and we would be retired right now and we, we have to work no more. Man, mom's is so G. And it's just like one of those things where just like we've all kind of been there at least once or twice where it's like, even though Tasha was being, was scheming, it's like one of those things where you ask like someone for help, like your mom for help, and then she hits you with some shade that you that you didn't ask for. It's like, do you have to? Did you have to go there? Like, did you have to go there with the just? Oh, it was rough. Um, but I also felt mom where she was like, uh, "No, I'd rather not do this for a job. I'd like to remain retired." She, she was retired, and she was just kind of doing that to to help out. Um, so <laughs> yeah, mama shady as I hell though. Mom, the, her mama. She ain't a very good mama. I don't think it's like you said. Donovan was the only person who ever showed. Well, I, I'll take Proctor too. Uh, other than doing illegal yeah. stuff to make his money to take his kid, there are no good parents on the show. Stay alive. <laughs> like Proctor's yeah. a good Proctor seems to be a good father, and Donovan showed good fatherly skills, but nobody else on the show. Ghost don't got time for his kids. Uh, nope. don't even care when one of them dead. They never they never take care of the little one. Like I said, Tasha shows up smelling like weed to pick up her baby. Uh, we didn't see Keisha's son for six years. We didn't know what he was. Um. Who else? Uh, Tasha's yeah, mom just, ain't nothing. Yeah, Cash just just pops up with some crisscross braids in his head. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, this I'm, is yeah, definitely. I'm, it's like no good parents on the show. No, I'm still giving. I'm tipping my hat to Donovan for being able to to immediately calm down Dre's little girl. Um, but yeah, grand scheme, no. There's not a good parent among among these actors. Um, from there, we go to. Uh, Sax is kind of mulling things over. Oh, Sax has also been made aware of the fact that Donovan is dead, which was rough um, because he he knew he knew that of of all the people, like Donovan was the last person to deserve this, and he was the last person who should have went out like this. Um, and we got Blanca coming in, you know, kind of to pay her respects and see, you know, what he what he found out from talking to Alicia Jimenez. Um, and we get probably probably one of my favorite lines of the episode with um where he drops the bomb that like yeah um by the way Angela was sleeping with him too and she's just like I don't understand and she's and he goes like have you seen his bones mm-hmm. which I thought was hilarious because it's like obviously Sax is the uh the the dude that that would probably get angrily offensive if someone called him gay while while y'all were out having drinks but for him to just you know kind of play the respect like. Dude's a he's he's a handsome dude. Like I, I I see it. Like I get it. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but I like the fact that they they kind of worked through everything, and they kind of figured most of it out, but not all of it. 
Right. Um, how did you feel about that? I mean, to me, that was a good old fashioned tea. Tea. If I'm using the expression right, it's a tea spilling session. Because all they did was gossip about who had sex with who. I think Blanca told him that uh, Tasha, not no, not yeah, Tasha was sleeping with Silva. He told um, her that whoever the DA guy was sleeping with Angela, and they just was talking about stuff like that. Um, and I think they basically went down the path of you know, should we let Jimenez take the fall for all this type of stuff, and let Dre get off? And that means that uh, if we if we let her you know get away with it and take the fall for it i think it, he was basically saying that means ghost had no motive to kill angela and then we can right. not well you know we won't waste any more time trying to get this revenge case against ghost or do we let it go down this way where dre testifies her menace is busted and then ghost still had a reason to kill angela and then we go to our ultimate goal which is to take down ghost i don't i forget why blanca is so adamant about taking down ghost i think because she was investigating the ray ray thing uh, right. So I guess that's her why she cares about ghosts. Um, well, you, you got to remember that um, to her, like all the signs pointed to either, um, well, technically to ghosts, um, even though Tariq did it. And she knows that Angela helped, helped them get out of that. So, like, she wants her payback for that um, because although Ghost was technically involved, Tariq was the one who pulled the trigger. Um, so like they never really did get who she she believes that like that that there's more to it than than Kanan doing it. Um, but we'll we'll see if they can they can super sleuth this out and figure this out. From there, we go to um, dinner at the Greens' house. Um, Tariq goes home to pretty much hang out with his family, but really try to meet up with his quote unquote connect. Um. And, you know, he, this was interesting. Like when he, when he just puts the money on the table, I thought at that moment, he's just going to come clean and be like, all right, look, I've been running pills up at the school and that's how I got this money. But, um, he still had that lie in his back pocket that like, you know, Kanan left it to her. Um, but the funny thing about that was, was that although she refused to take it, um, she still let him keep that money. (laughs) She still let him keep that money. Um, well, how did you feel about that scene? Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought he may go down the path of look, Mama. I, I, you know, I'm I'm on my, I'm commit myself to this life type of thing, and then maybe kind of go to her as an advisory role. Like I got this. I can be the new ghost. I can be the new quote unquote man of the house, and you're not gonna have to worry about struggling because they both was before they even got to him pulling out the money. He was complaining about he had nowhere to sleep or he had no bed to sleep right. on or there was no space for him. Even though that apartment looks huge. Like, it's not as big as yeah. their penthouse, but that apartment looked way too big for them to say that's only, like, a two-bedroom. So, yeah. I, I thought it was an interesting twist, and then I feel like something weird, it gotta be more than to the backstory. Maybe they'll get into it eventually, or maybe they'll have a prequel, prequel because Tasha has this crazy venom and anger for Kanan that gotta be more than just her being upset because they... They the ones that did Kanan wrong. They did him dirty. They yeah. backclassed him and got him sent to jail. So it, yeah. I think it's more to the story. Something must happen in the past that she has this crazy venom for Kanan that she wouldn't take money from a dead man, even though she spent his entire episode talking about how hard she's struggling or she doesn't have any money or ghosts isn't looking out for. Her. Right. Um, and honestly, I I'm I'm wondering that same thing too because, like you said, um. 
not only did she conspire to send him to jail, she's the one that put the plan in motion that got him killed. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, take that money. You know what I mean? Like, even though we we know it's not from Kanan, you know, take that money. Unless it could be guilt. Um, it could very well be guilt for what she she knew she had a hand in doing. But um, who knows? Tasha don't come, don't, off, Tasha don't come off as the guilty conscience kind of person, especially when it comes to money. I think that was more just uh, anger and, and, and venom and hatred toward this man, not guilty because she set him up to die and now his money ain't I no good. That. I can see that, but hopefully I'm with you. Um, hopefully we get some sort of answer to that and uh, it's not left open-ended. Um, so Ghost shows up. Yeah, to the father of the year, Ghost. Much, right, pretty much TV dad of the year. Uh, he shows up in person to tell them that he can't take Yaz, um, which, I don't know, a call probably would have been better. They'd have been mad regardless. But um, I thought it was funny that, like, she pretty much told them, like, since neither one of you can uh, can handle my place right now, like, why don't you take him? And Tariq still went with him. At first, I was just like, well, Tariq was like, all right, well, at least I, I know I, I have a place that um, I can sleep in my old room or whatever. Um we of course found out later that this was actually probably it probably helped out his plan uh to to get more pills that he like oh my god Tariq come on dude it was smart to a degree that like obviously with everything he's been through um it would make sense that if they wanted to search his room it'd be the you know the easiest target but to to stash the pills in his sister's room was just like uh it's smart but at the same time come on dude you know she you know that girl deserved better and yeah. on top of that I, i'm glad he saw the picture so he could realize just how much he failed her mm-hmm. yeah, that was a good call back to to sean uh reina and how his actions led to her not being around anymore um but yeah i don't know if it's smart or heartless or whatever it is but it is kind of cold for him to hide the drugs that she definitely would have been against him having to begin with in her room, but it seems like he did it because nobody goes in her room. Her room seems to be still set up the same way it was when she died. And I don't, yeah. I don't know the time frame as far as the TV show goes, but it's been what a good year since she's been dead, at least. At least. So for them not to have done anything at all to her room, um, that's probably why he took the avenue of hiding his the rest of his the rest of his stash in in that room. Yeah. So we we actually skipped over part. Um, before we get to him going to get that uh, that stash of pills, um, we we have a pretty a pretty strong scene between the two of them, where he you know goes is, and I, I at the very least I give him credit for at least trying to to be be authentic and be honest with Tariq, even though Tariq in his no poker face having self um, completely told on himself when he uh, asked him, you know, if he knew he was alive. Um, but they still, you know, ended that scene hugging it out. But a line that really stuck out to me that uh, I think it could be really pivotal in how this all ends. Um, he says, and I quote, everything I leave behind, I leave to you. He says that to Tariq. And my first thought is, that's a very poignant line to make. I don't even know if I use poignant in the right phrase. Someone will correct me, hopefully. Um, but that that sent me on this 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 immediate thought of Ghost is gonna die. 
Um, that's that, that's a weird phrase to just kind of casually throw in to this type of show and everything we've known and everything we've seen. I think Ghost is going to end this thing dead. I think I think this series, I don't think he makes it, um, which just from an actor standpoint, it wouldn't shock me if Omari, Hard- Omari Hardwick wants to do different things. But like story wise, I'm really on board of the I think Ghost is going to die uh, train. And I don't know if Tariq does it. I don't know if he says if he goes completely, um, completely Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader and says, I got to kill everything I love. So he kills his dad. Um, but it just really sent that, sent that thought to my head. What did you think about that line? Even though I've never seen Star Wars, I think Anakin Walker is Darth Vader and Luke is the Yeah, that's son. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Hold on, Darth well, Vader he... killed his father too? No, 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 but he did kill a lot of innocent people. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm just saying like, there's a, yeah, Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. Um, so. Anyway, that's a two, whole other tangent. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as far as the scene, I, I guess... but, no, it makes sense though, because like in order for him to become Darth Vader, he has to take the life of quite a few innocents to make that transition into the badass that we know of of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. As far as that scene goes, um, like I said, Tariq's the worst actor of all time. So the Tariq and the the actor that plays Tariq both don't have any type of acting skills or poker face, so he couldn't hide the fact that he knew Tommy was alive. The thing that caught me about that scene was that how Ghost keeps being adamant to Tyreek and, you know, in turn is pushing him further away by talking about how Tommy can't be trusted. But Tyreek knows that Ghost just constantly lies to him. So I think him trying to tell him that don't be around Tommy or if you mess with Tommy, you can't mess with me. It's just going to push him closer to Uncle Tommy because at least he knows he gets a straight story from Tommy as opposed to Ghost because Ghost is even lying in the scene where he's trying to explain to him how you have to be honest with me and you have to be loyal to me. Um, and I also think Tariq, Tariq might go saying that everything goes to him. If Tariq, if, if he dies, everything goes to Tariq. If Ghost dies, did like that fuse that maybe it's best. I do take my dad out because then I'll be even further along in my goal of being the man, which I think he thinks he has to be. Um, but you know what I just thought of while you were saying that? Mm-hmm. Everything I leave, I leave to you. Well, everything I, um, yeah, everything I leave, I leave to you. That that could easily be double-edged um, because not only, like, you know, my money, my assets and stuff like that, but also my problems. Um, it, it could it could very well lead to um, if, if Tariq really does get heavy into this drug game, if Ghost goes out, uh, and let's say, let's say, supposedly Jason Midditch survives. He can come knocking on Tariq's door, like, "Yeah, your dad owed me a lot of money, and um, you're gonna, you're gonna pay his debt." You know, just throwing out theories and possibilities. Um, from there, we go to probably, probably the most stressed out person of the show of this season so far, and that's my man Proctor who was visited by Tommy and Ghost looking for the same amount of info. Um, <laughs> Proctor, I, I swear, I, I feel for Proctor because he's not completely clean, but, like, my man is in a rough spot. You know, Ghost comes over asking, um, you know, I need the info to where she's going to be and where she's going to be held. And he's like, well, what do you need that for? And it's just like, because that's what, a, as a lawyer, that's what you need to ask. But 
goes pretty much being like, you don't, I don't think you really want to know that. Proctor, fine, I'll get it. Um, then, of course, Tommy popping up, asking for the same thing. And um, Tommy being the dirtbag that he is, speaking to his daughter and everything. How did you feel about, uh, how do you feel about Proctor and his, his situation? Yeah, I'd say he definitely the most trusted character of everybody in the show. Uh, both, you know, both people asked for the same thing and kind of threatened the same thing with him at least. But Tommy's just flat out like, give me what I want or I'm going to F you up. Uh, well, Ghost yeah. is a little bit more diplomatic when he comes to making his request through Proctor. Uh, we did see that the bug almost played a role in this particular scene where yeah. Tommy and him was about to start just talking randomly reckless. Um before the, the girl came back and said, yo, I need my book bag to finish my homework. Yeah. Um, to me, I think, I, I feel like Proctor is so sloppy. I know he doesn't expect people to be like bugging him, but I feel like he still openly talks about all types of illegal activity with no code or no type of stuff, like just really blatantly embracing whenever anybody just comes up and knocks at his house. Like he never says, yo, well, meet me somewhere else or let's go talk on the balcony or it's always just like wherever you come up and start talking to me about all the crimes you're doing, the people you done killed, and admitting to killing people, and admitting to doing this stuff, he just well, starts talking to whoever he is. Here's the thing about that: you got to remember that Proctor always sets himself up to where he, if they have to talk about that stuff, and unless it's Tommy, because Tommy's Tommy. Like every time he has those conversations with with Ghost, it's always like uh, he always uses the phrases like, "Okay, hypothetically speaking, like if you needed to do this or want to do this." You know, and plus, I feel like the reason he's so he's so casual in his home is because he, just like um, his baby mama and Sax knows, even if for Proctor to find out, he knows it's illegal. You know what I mean? Like he knows that like at most they could use this illegal and illegally obtained info to maybe get some some credible info. But he knows that like anything placed in in his house without without his permission is inadmissible like i think that's why a lot of times he's he's super kind of casual with it um one thing i definitely noticed is that even though and you know he rightfully so catches a lot of crap for being selfish even though like ghost can be one track mind when his back is up against the wall like he at least acknowledges the fact that like look man i'm sorry like he doesn't necessarily say this but like his actions and the way he delivers things like look i'm sorry to kind of jam you up like this um like he when he he made the comment about his daughter being named, he's like I don't care, but like he he walked it back like look you know I don't mean that. Where in Tommy is just he's just straight up monster mode all the time. Like it's my, I could care less about your your daughter's life or you, so give me what I want or you know bullets start flying. Um, and honestly, I'm waiting to see how this shakes out because that laptop is still is still locked up somewhere. And I think that's I think that's um, Proctor's get out of well not get out of jail free but like that's his his trump card of like if this goes sideways and both of them you know get him too jammed up I think he I think he's gonna bring that laptop out and just be like look get me get me and my daughter out of this mess you can have this right and remember on the laptop is the video of Tommy killing the 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 guy the DA guy whoever he was right um. I don't think it was video of that, but or maybe it was I him confessing. He, it was his laptop. It was his laptop, and that laptop had other info um, of Sandoval's actions, oh, okay. and as well as um, Knox's actions as well when he was investigating everybody. 
Um, that's what's on there. Yeah, I, I remember it being important, but I swear that was like season three or four. So I'm three, like, I yeah. know it's something important on the laptop, and I know he kept it, but I cannot for the life of me recall what was so important about it. Right. Uh, from there, we go into uh, Garrett Lee. Gar- yeah, Garrett Lee showing up to Truth to talk to Ghost, and um, we get Ghost back in player mode. Um, breaking out all the smooth tricks and, and the, the swagger and whatnot to kind of lull her and just making it quick for me, honestly, it, it was a cool scene because we haven't seen Ghost try to put the moves on somebody, but the last person he really tried to put the moves on was, uh, who was it? Gab- was it Gabrielle Union? No, 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 no it, it wasn't was, Gabrielle uh, Union. It was Fancy uh, from, Fancy. from uh, yeah, Jamie Foxx show. And her name also starts with a G that I'm not, and I'm not going to butcher her name. Um, but yeah, we see we saw how that worked out. So I honestly was a little cautious. I was like, okay, Ghost going back into player mode. But the last time you went into player mode, you played yourself. Yeah. Um, what did you think about that? I mean, I, I definitely saw the chemistry and them giving each other the little sexy eyes. Um, and I, I think that's just I, I'm try, I'm really curious to see where they're gonna go with this whole Tate Governor's thing because I know Ghost is Ghost. Still being involved with Tate is because he needs this money. And I thought they had already started construction on the Queen's Child's project. I thought they had a whole press conference where they was digging dirt in the thing. And now they're saying that the project is not going anywhere. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where this Tate thing goes and where it is. But I think they are definitely setting up not a love interest for ghosts, but some type of thing where Amari Howard can take his shirt off. Because that's they know that's what the <laughs> ladies want. This is true. They got to give them that. Um... The interesting thing with, with like the whole money being out and all that stuff is like you see and Tate get fed up because Tate is not in control of anything anymore. Um, the Garrett Lee shows up and she pretty much takes over his campaign. Um, she he has no no control over over James, uh, which he never really did. But like you know, Ghost is getting even more kind of like bold with like yeah i'm just gonna pop up on you and give you these demands and whatnot um yeah and then and, and then even see. into the later scene where he's trying to like ramon is basically starting to take over as dictating this campaign and even forces forces ghosts to come to that meeting where right. tate was like look i want to you know be handling my whole thing i want ghosts as far with it from this as possible and people just keep finding ways to keep pushing ghosts deeper and deeper into tying himself to Tate in some kind of way as far as his campaign. Right. So I, I'm wondering how eventually the same way Ghost kind of like snapped on Tate um, when he was mourning Reyna, like eventually I think Tate is going to do that to Ghost where he just he just loses it because he's clearly not in control of his own campaign anymore and it's starting to center around Ghost. Um, his involvement from top to bottom uh, we don't know where his his new informant is. He's in the wind somewhere, uh, maybe digging up go digging up dirt. We'll see. Um, but I'm I'm curious to see how this takes its toll on Tate, all this pressure and um, pretty much having to deal with all this pressure in the passenger seat. Um, from there, we get a we get another we get another uh, choke scene. Where it's looking like uh, we we got some 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 player action from uh, from Tariq and his roommate until Effie shows up, 
And um, surprisingly, Tariq pretty much lets everybody in that room, including his roommate, know that she takes precedence, kicks everybody out so that they can play chess. Um, and I think this is this is going to be the start of we're going to get some resistance from his roommate. Um, and I honestly think that his roommate's going to be the one to torpedo everything, which, you know, it, it feels super easy, but it just seems like the most likely thing. Um, but what did, how did you feel about Tariq just pretty much bossing up and kicking everybody out the room, including his roommate? Yeah. Like I said, I, I think this is Tariq kind of showing his dominance or how he's the alpha of this and throws his roommate out of his own room and his roommate kind of gives him some lip and he like, no, dude, get out of here. Like, come back later or bring the girls back later. But when Effie comes, I want y'all out of here so me and her can kind of talk. She, he's also shown that even though he's known the roommate clearly a lot longer, even in their little org, three-person organization, Effie takes precedent over the roommate. And I think, like you said, the roommate is going to get bitter or get upset or, you know, have Tariq talk to him one too many times and they even going to come to blows or he going to run to the authorities and try to get, Tariq pammed up in or kicked out of school because he's going to get tired of Tariq taking orders from Tariq when he probably thinks in his mind he's superior to him. I hear that. What did you get from that conversation they had over chess? I think this was them like planting the seeds of an emotional bond. And I think more and more likely this will be a spinoff series with Tariq, Effie, and maybe the roommate kind of get their own show. And they do kind of... Because at first I thought maybe they weren't going to have like a romantic thing going. But I think they're kind of more pushing it towards that, um, especially with them emotionally bonding over losing both of them losing their siblings uh, to violence. So I think that's what they that's what that's the route they're going to take uh, in a possible sequel. So I think more than likely Sariki is going to get a spinoff show with him getting further into the street life with his Tasha bias side. Okay, so let me tell you how this show has messed me up over viewing it for. Um... For me, obviously, I for those of you uh, keeping score, um, I didn't get into this show until maybe season four, I think, um, maybe even five. To be totally honest with you, I had I I was super late to the party, and um, I, I binged the first three and a half, maybe full first full four seasons. Um, but let me tell you how watching this show so quickly has kind of messed up my perception. So I got that same vibe in the beginning, um, like when he kicks her out and, you know, he sets up the, well, she sets up the chest and they just kind of start talking and everything. But because of the way this show is, and let me, let me post a disclaimer, I am not a fan of the, the scheming love interest trope, especially when that, the, 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 the schemer is female and um, a, a person of color, but like while watching their interactions and this is this just goes to show how good of an actor she is like it kind of had me like on my edge of my seat like i couldn't really tell if she was being 100 percent genuine or if she was trying to make a come up because it almost seemed like she knew exactly what button excuse me exactly what buttons to push like she bring you know she she drops the the info about her brother and then she immediately asks about his sister um and like when she gets that reaction she kind of walks it back just a little bit um the interesting part was like i'm watching the chess pieces while they're doing this like her first one of the first things she does um 
you know, is, is she asks the question and she moves upon forward. And chess, like they always say, just in life, that chess is like, it. it's one of those things you can use to tell a lot about a person and figure out a person's mannerisms and, and get a deeper understanding of, the, of, of a person if you know how to play the game well. Um, that on multiple levels. Um, but like she, she, she asked the questions about family and just about how he's been feeling. She gets him to kind of open up a little bit. And then she asked about the connect, like which it seemingly it was it was softly delivered, but like it almost kind of came at a weird spot where it's just like, all right, let me get him to talk about business real quick. And then he she gets him to tell her that, like, yeah, um, I don't have a connect like all those pills were pretty much just given to me in bulk, which I thought that the uh, the Irish dudes, I thought that that was a long term deal. Like yeah, those Italian guys. And watch the episode. Yeah. Well, no, that that's the thing. Like, I thought that um, he could constantly go back to them, but like the way he delivered it, it's like he, it just seemed like he, the Italians just gave him a box, a bag, you know, a box of pills, and that was it. Like, do what you want with this, and you know, just get out of here. Since I was dealing with Canaan. Oh, okay. Because now I'm gonna remember how right. he got the pills. Kanan had him, and then Kanan died. He tried to return him to the dude, and the dude told him, you know, that's a stand-up move, and told him he can keep him. Right. Right. So, and from from the on the next episode, it looks like he's gonna try and go back to him. But yeah, it's like it made me think like this is the second time she specifically has asked about the connect. So it's like I like what they're doing. But it's like, it's making me wonder, like, is she doing or is she just kind of, you know, she trying to make her come up? Um, I think she might be a man. Time will tell. That's a good point because, like I said, she does constantly bring it back to, like, who is Connect? How can I get in touch with him or what's the move with that? So, you know, she might be playing. She might be the the true genius of it all and playing everybody. Maybe she'll get the spinoff. And Tariq won't get it. It it would be it'd be a nice spin. Um. Uh, no pun intended, but like I'd watch that show. Um, young, young up and coming female drug kingpin in the making. Um, black. I don't think I've seen it. Like Queen of the South on USA, which I don't watch, but you know we got a Hispanic woman taking over or dealing with a cartel. I I know it's not the greatest stereotype, but I'd watch a show of a of a young girl just kind of taking over the game and being and being the boss of it you know what i mean but sure this is all theoretical until it actually happens so we'll we'll see if it doesn't happen somebody write that show or that movie um just be sure you credit us <laughs> uh he's carlos d i'm triple d come find us and we'll give you our real names for that check <laughs> uh so from there we go to scheming on this uh this kidnapping scheme um we get probably one of my one of my favorite lines uh probably my the funny one of the funniest lines next to have you seen his cheekbones uh we get two bit and spanky making fun of a uh bg black grimace and how he lost weight (laughs) you know the only way black people know how to deliver a compliment is by by making fun of you and uh (laughs) slim grim going (laughs) he was like man f y'all y'all only got one kidney which just I, I don't know if that was written or if that was an ad lib, but that had me dying laughing. And I'm sorry to anybody with one kidney out there, but like just the way he he dropped that line was hilarious. Um, and 
then pretty much Tommy laying down the law that like two bit, mainly two bit, um, needs to quit trying to beef with everybody. By everybody, I mean BG because every time, uh, every time BG says something or tries to get things in order, two bit got something to say. Um, and Tommy finally shuts that down. Um, how do you feel about that interaction and, and pretty much their plan in general? Yeah, I mean, because I think in the last episode, he pulled the gun on them. Cause they, yeah. they were arguing and he pulled the gun on them last time. So I don't know what the animosity is. Um, that was a funny line by him. I think, but I think from the reason why he only got one kidney is because he got shot when Ghost and Tom, when, was it, who was it? Was it Ghost and Kanan? No, Ghost oh, and Tommy yeah. robbed the, they robbed Kanan because they needed to get the money to pay to get Tyreek back, right? Right, right. And I it, think well, he was shot. Was, um, yeah, Ghost and Kanan. Yeah, they ran up in the safe house. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's... Oh yeah, Ghost and Kanan ran. To see, they robbed Tommy to get the money to pay. What was her name? Junebug. Uh, jukebox. Jukebox. Yeah. Okay. Now I remember. So I think that's the reason why he only got one kidney now. Dang, uh, so for them to keep mocking him about it is messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's tragic irony. That's messed up. Um, but then run into a problem. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was saying, uh, you were asking about the plan itself. The plan, you know, all stems on them needing a woman all of a sudden. So I think it turns to, it's time for Keisha to earn her keepings as a part of the organization. Okay, we had her do light work. We had her uh, hide a weapon or throw a gun away. But now it's time for her to be actively involved in this conspiracy and take part in a major plan. Her and her big-ass hoop earrings. <laughs> yes. Um. I don't know why, well, no, I know exactly why my eyes kept going to them, because not only was she, like, flashy for no reason getting out of the car uh, with the shades, um, but she had those earrings that wouldn't even fit on your wrist. Um, but, yeah, it was it was time to step up, and um, you could see, you could see Spanky, like, just literally, like, dude, in his mind, like, this is not a good idea. Um but you know she's she's part of the she's now part of the team. If she really wants to be a part of this, this was going to be her her make or break moment. Um, so before the breakout, we have we kind of have the uh, like like we said earlier, we we kind of had uh, Garrity, who I guess called in go well James, excuse me, to that meeting, and like we said earlier, you know Tate is over it, um, and. She's another one uh, right up there with Effie. It's like her deliveries and everything. I was having a hard time trying to pinpoint whether or not she was being genuine or if she was working an angle. Like, do you do you I pose the question to you. Do you really think she's like into into James or do you think she's just trying to get him closer so she can figure out just how shady he is and get him in a position to where it's just like, all right, cool. I got exactly the info I needed and now I can keep you away from this um away from this election as easy as possible now that I can get rid of you. What did you think? Of, how do you feel about that? I mean, I think she, she probably has some type of like physical attraction to him, but I don't think she has any type of serious interest in him. I think like everybody else on the show is like everybody else on the show. She's planning her own scheme to get whatever best meets her needs. So I think that, you know, and that scene where she forces goes to come to the meeting. And then I think the later scene where she also, behind Tate's back brings in Tasha to have the conversation about, look, you guys need to play nice. It looks better if Ghost is married and a family man 
to get what we need if he's going to be an intricate part of this campaign which they keep trying to force him to be a part of i don't know why ghost needs to be tied into tate's run for governor when all he is is a businessman a local businessman i don't know why they need his face to be so constantly involved but maybe they'll reveal that later down the line but i think this ramona is doing whatever she needs to get what's in her best interest i hear that let's talk about this breakout real quick um smoothly executed um and it looked like it was about to break down for a second there uh like i said going into it my thought on the matter was that like whatever ghost was doing at the elevators <laughs> I have no was idea going to it looked like he i think it looked like he kind of shut them down or was working on them to keep people out of the elevators um so that he could maybe fo- you know force a choke point to the stairs um, I, I wish it was, I thought that I wish that they could do like an alternative uh, like an alternative universe where they showcase what ghost's plan was cuz i'm like what is he like he pretended to be a maintenance man but why does he think he can break this woman out with no help no assistance on a solo mission when she is literally surrounded by all types of federal agents and so I, I, I would like to be, I wish they would like really break down to what ghost plan was. Cause I, I, I don't believe he had a good one. Uh, probably not doubted highly. And I'm, I, I'm, I a hundred percent agree. I think that's why Tommy had to be successful. Um, because as it's brought up later, he doesn't have anyone. Um, but I think, and I think this was, I, I, I'd like to, I'd also like to see like what would have happened if he'd have pulled it off by himself, how he would have done it. Uh, because we've seen in the past that like when Ghost is back is against the wall, he he can sometimes he works magic. So like I, I'm curious as to what he was gonna do, um, whether or not he was gonna get them all in the elevator and use his ghost food to take to take out all the guards and then yoke her up or whatever. Um, but we before all of this goes down we see we see tasha not tasha wow we see keisha out front um who almost didn't even go in the building mm-hmm. for a split second but she 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 gets it together and and goes and makes it makes it happen i thought it was strange and this, this is like a a weird me being too observant thing um guards go in check the stalls hmm. um let her go in by herself oh there's there's clearly the out of order sign um and then she walks out doesn't take down the out of order sign but just walks out which i thought was strange it's like you didn't think it like if i'm a guard and i'm clearly standing outside of the bathroom and i just checked and there was no one in there i'd be a little concerned if a random lady just pops out right like to me the whole but, they they make the the police uh, or, or the the USAEA, whatever it is, seem like the most inept, dumbest people on the planet on this show. Like, like you oh, said, yeah. the guard goes into the bathroom. He just reads out all the signs and say, "Okay, I'm not gonna try to push this open. There's no reason for this thing to be locked if it's not, if it's broken. I, I'm not gonna do no further research." Then he just lets a sick federal. I mean, I understand you want to give a woman her privacy, but she is a wealthy person many resources she could be doing all this fakes all of a sudden i'm sick to try to have a escape plan herself not even that she getting kidnapped and you just okay leave her in the bathroom by herself do whatever you're gonna do we'll wait outside the door and then like you said 
the five seconds after you leave her in there by herself, a woman just comes right out the door. Like you wasn't yeah. like, were you not standing light outside the door? Did they like go smoke a cigarette? Like what what happened that Tasha could just walk out? Keisha. Right, I'm sorry, yeah, Keisha can walk out right after you just checked to make sure nobody was in his bathroom and you didn't see anybody in there, and you don't stop her yeah. and say, "Hey, what are you doing in here?" Right, you know, I just was in there. I didn't was nobody in there. What's going on? And they just let her walk out. It would have been better if after they wheeled her out, then maybe Tasha comes out the stall and and slinks away. But for him to have her walk right out, that was the first part. I was like, are these people stupid? And then the second part yeah. was like, uh, okay, you, like I said, she's a woman, but you just give her ultimate privacy uh, because you gonna be because I guess she you can't watch a woman throw up, <laughs> right? Uh, the other thing on that note that I thought was was strange was just like I think I honestly think they've kind of hit that. Um, I don't think I know you didn't you didn't watch Game of Thrones, right? No, nah, I didn't watch. No, they definitely kind of ran into that that last season issue where it's just like they're they're cramming things in where it's like it you you just have to accept it, which I you know I'm not a big fan of stuff like that. Um, we if you remember the Lobos breakout. Like they had to go through some stuff to lose that tail, um. So that, they get her in the ambulance. That was my other issue. Not one. You just let a federal witness, who is a known flight, not a federal witness, a person who's on trial for flight Rico flight risk, a billion dollar cartel head. You just let her get into an ambulance with the paramedics. No, no guard. No guard. No marshal gets in there with her. No FBI agent. You just let her go. And then you let one truck yeah. block your path, SUV. and they just drive yeah. away. Yeah, and no chase. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and the next scene, she's just tied up in a warehouse with the Serbians. Yeah, I mean, I know it's, it's TV, and we gotta like, you know, put we know it's make believe, and we gotta spend out, spend our disbelief and all that. But come on, this is just too ridiculous of a thing, and it was way too easy for them to kidnap. A major person that's that's like somebody kidnapping El Chapo uh, for like a real life figure out of a, a federal courthouse, put him in an ambulance by himself, and is driving away. I mean, we we've seen and we've already seen firsthand that he don't need no help when he want to leave. He I'm a, all right, I'm gonna head out. He, he just gonna roll out when he want to roll out. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely like kind of a hard pill to swallow. Like it just it, it was really strange. It was a really quick okay. Let's wrap up this particular bow. You know what I mean? Um, which if I'm Tommy, I'm I'm pissed off and freaked out too. Like, why did I go through all this? Uh just to just for you to kill her. You know what I mean? Just for you to kill her in front of me and not get what you want. Like yeah. you you're pretty much giving me all this grief to do all this stuff so you can get this particular thing and when it's over, you know, when I finally do it, when I make good on it. You just you throw it away, right? Um, quick, re- quick rewind though. I, I really did like uh, talking about some good goodness of this uh, this uh, episode. I really like this stare down between uh, Tommy and Ghost when Ghost realized that Tommy not only was also sent on the same mission but got the upper hand and accomplished yeah. the mission before he can do it. So I really like that interaction, yeah. the stare down, Tommy tipping his hat to him. Um, and, but Ghost thinking about shooting him right there. Ex- oh, yep, because he had his gun. But even the fact that Ghost and Tommy could be that close to the a witness that could possibly have some implication on them and nobody recognizing them. I mean, I know they're not like on the ten most wanted list, but 
nobody recognizes him. Saxton didn't go walk in the hall and happen to see Ghost. I mean, Dre saw Ghost and yeah. recognized Ghost in like one second before he was even going to be lit, led into the witness thing. So the fact that nobody saw him, but like I said, it's a, a lot of times I just kind of think this is a TV show. This is a TV show. Yeah, I, I like to do deep dives into it, but don't get too serious about it because it, it, yeah. we gotta. It's make believe. Yeah, I'll give them the 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 benefit of the doubt that you know when they're moving Dre, they're tunnel vision. So I, I'll give them that benefit of the doubt um, that they're just like, okay, let's get this dude out of here because we saw what happened the last time we tried to move him, and um, now the person that we feel is responsible for getting all of our agents killed is having an issue like let's you know i'm pretty sure their their attention was locked on him so like i'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that um but yeah that was that was definitely a good moment um of them pretty much showing that you know uh when when it counts every now and then tommy can get the job done with his his team of misfits um when, when he gets them all in order um so we get Tate pretty much dropping the bomb firsthand that like, okay, we're out of money. Like they're squeezing my pockets um, and you need to do whatever you need to do to get some money, whether it's legal or, or illegal. And uh, in walks in everyone's uh, favorite racist, Simon Stern. My goodness, this dude, when he walked in, I was just like, oh God, this is the last, you could tell uh, <laughs> Ghost was desperate to call this dude. And about he was drinking again um but yeah he walks in and he gives his his bars is just his asshole bars of oh my gosh he's just a great he's just a great like character um he's not the villain but he is a villain like yeah, when he dropped that white ball. lives matter yeah when he dropped that like white lives matter i I, I I wasn't even mad because I was too busy laughing just because that's how good of a character he's, you know, that's how good of a job of acting he's been doing. Um, but then, of course, he, he had to, he had to, he had to let Ghost know that he's just as petty and uh, told him that, like, yeah, now I own part of Raina's legacy, which I was like, okay, Ghost might kill Simon Stern by the time this is over, just for off that line alone. Um, how do you feel about the return of uh, Slimeball Stern? Like I said, I, I think it was a, a, a good little kind of um, throwaway episode because I honestly forgot about Stern. I know Ghost had like schemed and got the upper hand on him a couple of different times, and he was really upset about that. Um, so, but I guess Ghost back into the wall at this point. I guess Truth is still open, and that's his source of income. But outside of Truth, I don't think Ghost has any money. And he still has to pay, make those payments to um, uh, Jason every two weeks at his hundred thousand dollars. And I'm is it? I forget why. Because I thought at first it was because he killed Tom, but I guess it was just because he disrespected the organization. And for him yeah. not to die, he got to keep paying them off. Um, oh, real quick, I gotta add that was a great motivating factor of, um, and like you could tell just how in just how in deep they both are. That he was like, all right, look. I'll waive a payment if you get this done for me. Um, and that was enough to get get Tommy to mobilize his hand for Ghost to try whatever seven <laughs> hitmans himself. But uh go ahead. Uh yeah, like I said, I I mean I just agree. Like I, I just agree with uh like like I said, if we if we had to pick like somebody who's winning the most this particular season 
it is definitely Jason because he is making all the money. He's playing both sides against each other, and he's one that's still in a awesome position of power. He's calling all the shots. He's pulling all the strings. Indeed. Um, so Indeed. that kind of I guess that kind of takes it to. Well, though th- there was a quick scene with Dre, and basically, uh, what was what was Zach telling Dre that Dre needed to? Um, oh, he said he's helped he's them free get ghosts. Walk the streets. Yeah, yeah, but they, but they and, no, yeah, they released him, started. but they wouldn't give him his daughter. Yeah, and I got to be honest, this was the one time I I borderline rooted for Sax, um, because even though he doesn't even know that Dre killed Donovan, I know Dre killed Donovan, and I like the fact that like Sax knows that Dre is just he's he's a slime ball, you know what I mean? And it's just the fact that like, all right, you you got off lucky. Like, that's literally, you know what I'm saying? Like, he got off lucky with this one. But, you know, Sax being the opportunist that he is, like, okay, if you don't help us, you're never going to see your daughter again. Which mm-hmm. I am gl- I was kind of happy to see. And I, I'd never I'd never root for someone being withheld from their kids. But um, this fictional time, this one fictional time, I'm with it. Because for him to, to do Donovan like that, he could have just left. You know what I'm saying? He could have just tried to run and left Donovan alive. But... He he straight up killed Donovan right after he saved him and his daughter's life. So I was like, good. Like I'm glad you didn't. They didn't just hand over your daughter. Like I'm glad you you're kind of free, but you're not. Um, and you saw how quick he flipped and and gave them gave them a ghost. He was like, yeah, he was there. Like he quick. Yeah, he was at the uh, the Jimenez uh, kidnapping. Yeah. So I wanna I wonder if Dre is just free. So Dre is free in the sense that he is just out of out of the the the, the uh I can't even speak. We're, we're, we're out of the protection. protection of the police. And he may be facing some charges, but he's free to like walk the streets for right now. So I, I will I'm yeah. I'm curious to see but uh, and then let's kinda go into the final scene of the episode where Ghost finally breaks down, he calls Tommy. because uh, I think this may bring how bring Dre back into it in some kind of way, but he calls Tommy and he is basically like, look, Jason is a pain in both our sides. Um, we need to team up, which I, like I said, I've been predicting this entire season that they're going to eventually team up to go after this Serbian dude because he is kind of messing them both over. Um, but Tommy is like, you know, no. Uh, and he even throws a shot at Tommy like, you know, you over, you you in over your head. I've always been better at this stuff than you are. So let's team petty, up. But true. Yeah. Yeah. Petty. Like we as the viewer know that is fact, and Tommy yeah. even knows it is fact. But that was not the best approach if he really wanted Tommy on his side. And and in turn, right. Tommy basically says, "Look, Ghost, we ain't we ain't gonna be together no more. The next time I see you, I'm what do you say? I'm a cancel Christmas." And basically, he let Ghost know, Ghost's worst nightmare is coming alive. All the stuff Ghost claims is he's doing it for his family, or I'm doing it because to protect the people I love and the people I need to take care of. But at the end of the day. Ghost has nobody left. He lost Angela. Yeah. He lost his wife. Uh, he barely has a relationship with his his, his I mean his his daughter's a child, his youngest daughter. His daughter is one daughter is dead. He barely has a relationship with his son that's barely holding on by the strings. He has no more protection in the streets because you know he has no team. He has nobody. And then even in his you know professional life where he's trying to be the straight edge businessman. He had to go to one of his worst enemies, even to get enough money to keep himself from getting killed by his, you know, his street ties. So Ghost literally right. at this point is all alone. 
and Tommy really threw that in his face. Yeah. Um, I was happy with that scene for two reasons. Um, well, I think the first thing that, that kind of got me was like, wow, we're doing this. We're doing the team up call early. Again, this is season, excuse me, this is episode three of 15. And it's just I like, it's are 10 we about and to do six, this? 16, yeah. Yeah. I was like, are we about to do this, this team up now? So I was happy when Tommy shot it down. And he was just like, I was like, cool. We know what's going to happen eventually. But like, I'm glad he turned it down this early because just like, okay, this is ridiculous. You know, you guys are going to team up this early um, and then either spend at the rate we're going. They probably would have gotten the job done by episode five. Um, but like, I'm glad that they're they're leaving ghosts out there on a limb by himself. Um, and as messed up as that line was, like it was true, like ghost has been better at, you know, running an organization than Tommy. And even though he couldn't see it, like you could tell it got under Tommy's skin. Um, but I think, I think the fact that he was so cool about saying that, even while asking for help, was his way of being like, all right, even if you don't help me, I'm going to piss you off to the point that you make a mistake. Because if if nothing else, Tommy's head is what usually leads to his mistakes. So if, if you know, if he can't count on his help, he can definitely count on him leaving himself open at some point. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where what what happens from here. Um, oh, real quick, uh, Keisha stepped up and said that, you know, you can you can you can launder your money through the shops again. No, yeah, I um, forgot about that. Yeah, because she, she really want, for some reason she, she does want. not want Tasha and Tommy to have any type of interaction. And I wonder if Tommy was serious when he was like, "Oh fuck," he like you know he was basically like f f you know f Tasha. I wonder if he's just saying yeah. that because you know he needs that money to be laundered quickly, and Keisha's gonna be the best oh, way yeah. to do it. Or is he really no doubt done with Tasha? No, no doubt in my mind. Um, he there's no way he's just gonna cut off Tasha like that. Like Tasha would have to do something to get Tommy to like just be to be like that for real. Um, he he's doing what she wants because that's the easiest way to, to kind of, you know, get her to do what he wants. And it's just like, you want me to cut her off? I'll cut her off. You know, cause even still like an episode ago, she was like, you need to leave her alone and everything that happens. It comes, it comes from us. And in this episode, they were still hanging out. So, um, I think we're still going to get a few more of those scenes before she catches them hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was surprised to see her step up. So now he'll probably have two outlets to launder his money. Uh, the daycare and through her shops. Right. Um, but they also left it open that she might come across that money that he was trying to hide in the, the warehouse. And that might that might come back to haunt him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I noticed because when she got closer to the door, I thought he was going to show her, but he just kind of kind of shooed yeah. her away. So that, yeah, that's an interesting definitely. thing. So, yeah. I mean, that was pretty much the episode. Like I said, one of the probably the best in a while and definitely easily the best of this particular year and i think because it just went back to the roots of the show it gave us everything we wanted it gave us some uh scheming it gave us some intense violence it gave us uh a little bit of that nudity that you know people like to get you know this uh soft pornography um and it it just gave us everything we wanted as far as what the people who are fans of the show remember the origins of the show being about so great episode What do you think about what's going to happen next week? Did you watch? Did you wait for the preview? What do you think? What, what's oh, yeah. your predictions Always. for next week? Um, I think 
I think we're going to get a lot of moves being made. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of ghosts just kind of, kind of figuring out his playing field, like what's going on. I think he's, we're going to get reconnaissance ghost. Cause you see, he had his ghost outfit on with the Scully and the, you know, the tight black, uh, jacket vest or whatever. So I think we're going to get like season two, three ghost in uh stalking mode. Um, and I think he, I think he does get in. He, so I feel like something's going to happen where he's going to out himself as sneaking around, but I think we're going to get him just trying to figure out like, okay, what am I up against? And him being by himself in it. What right. about you? Like, yeah, I, I like I say you saw a lot of ghosts sneaking around. I think they showed a scene where he was shooting his gun off. I think somehow ghosts, and maybe not in this episode, but because Tommy has closed the door on ghosts, I think Dre may kind of come back in, even though they had beef in the past, to ghosts to make some type of promise that he can get Dre back to what Dre wants to be. And Dre. I think Dre, like he said, he's just a light-skinned, uh, what do you say, I'm just a light-skinned nigga with tats from Queens. And I think that's ultimately yeah. <laughs> all he can be. That's all he know how to be. And I think him and Ghost going to kind of link up. And I don't know if he ultimately, they're going to succeed in their plan, but I got a feeling Dre going to have to get back in with Ghost because Ghost literally has no friends left. And he might have to go to one of his last enemies, uh, to, you know, just to find a partner in crime. So you know we'll see, yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm ready to um this this see I feel like this the first two episodes were not bad, but they weren't the best. But this season, this episode three really got my juices flowing to get me really excited about the show again. So I'm looking forward to see what they got coming up. I hear that. Uh, right now, we are we both in agreement that uh, Jason is in the lead right now. Oh yeah, he's winning. He's the he's the star. He 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 calling all the shots. He's the main man in charge. Nobody messing with him right now. Power rankings. Yeah, literally, yeah. If, if there was a top 25, he would be at the number one position. Hear it. Um, probably followed right behind Tommy, but not by but by a mile. Yeah, um, and he, then he's the clear number, number one. Three, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, you know where to find us on all those good outlets, Spotify, Google Play, um, Stitcher as well. You guys, yeah. this is on Stitcher. Wherever right? you can find great podcast, I think almost every podcast, the major ones, so Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, um, Spotify, of course, SoundCloud is the whole site. Wherever you can find great podcasts, you can find the show. And right now, it's still under the PLP podcast, uh, everything PLP podcast timeline. Follow us on the Instagram. I guess if you really want to send an email, you can send an email to the POP podcast at gmail.com and then tell them how they can reach you, Triple D. They can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Off the Clock Pod, OFFTHA Clock Pod. Um, I, my podcast uh, as well is on um, SoundCloud, iTunes, and uh, Google Play. And if you'd like to email me, um, you can also email me at Off the Clock Podcast at yahoo.com. And uh, as always, it's uh, it's been a good one, and we will see you guys next week. Peace. Later. <laughs> <laughs>